Welcome to the Curious Competitor Podcast. I am your host, Connor Carrick, a professional hockey player and podcaster by trade, a curious learner by choice. Together, we will investigate career design. How successful can I become in sport? And with what quality of life alongside this goal can I experience? The four areas of focus on this podcast are physical expression, mental athleticism, spiritual growth, and experiential wisdom. Thank you for joining me. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Competitor Podcast. I am your host today, uh, current American League uh, defenseman for the Charlotte Checkers, Connor Carrick, as we look into, uh, with our, along with our guest today, J.B. Spiso, on, on career design, mental wellness and, and performance and fitness and what it looks like at, at some of the highest levels. My experience is on the professional sports side. Uh, JB's is, you know, in the armed forces and in the consulting side. JB is a, is a leadership and culture expert uh, with JBS Leadership uh, Consultants. He's the author of the Warrior Leadership Action Log, uh, which is a, a tool he uses in his, in his consulting uh, business. He's a veteran of the U.S. Armed Forces for 26 years with 10 and this is what it said on your website, it might be 27 at this point, but with 10 in the Special Operations uh, with the 75th Ranger Regiment, retiring as Sergeant Major, the highest and most respected non-commissioned officer position in the military. Uh, JB, you've got a degree in organizational management and leadership from Nyack College and then studied with uh, notable sports psychologist, Dr. Derek Anderson from 2014 to 2017. JB has consulted for the New York Rangers, uh, the Florida Panthers, West Point, uh, American Express, Coca-Cola, and many other of the finest organizations uh, you and I, our listener, would be familiar with. Uh, JB, so, you know, I guess we'll, we'll start with a fluff. Like, where does the connection and love for hockey start? Like, I think uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've, you know, seen you in, in the hockey community. I know you had a, a title with the Florida Panthers and things like that. What's the, what's the lineage? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, kid born and raised in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I will say that I was a, uh, uh, average high school hockey player, <laughs> uh, but had a love for the game, obviously, um, you know, love the penguins and everything to do there. And, um, you know, I just kind of uh, grew up around it working at West Point, you know, I started, you know, coaching might and peewee and squirt hockey, <laughs> started doing all that, worked with army hockey a bit. Uh, you know, my son grew up playing and, you know, played all the way through college. Mm-hmm. Now he's a coach at Westchester skating Academy. So, it just kind of took off from there, the love, love for hockey there. And then, you know, as, uh, as, as fate would have it, the New York Rangers in 2005 came to West Point for a, um, for their training camp. And, um, they were like, Hey, they want to, they want to do some military stuff. And I'm like, what do they want to do? And, uh, talk to Tom Reddy. And he's like, you know, something, you know, can't get the guys hurt, but we want to do, you know, something that, um, you know, mirrors what, you know, soldiers do. No problem. And we basically, you know, took them out in the middle of the night and ran, ran them through this, uh, <laughs> ran them through this like battle march and shoot. Uh, I always laugh. It's like how we didn't kill anybody that night. I have no idea. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of started from there. And, um, you know, people recognized in me that I had this, this gift of uh, leadership of this mental fitness, helping people with that. And that's kind of how it started. And, uh, you know, the rest is, uh, the rest is history. I, you know, I, I played in the, uh, I played in the beer league until I was 50 and then I kind of hung it up. So there you have it. How are you in beer league? Were you, were you on guys telling them they gotta, they gotta dig in or was it a, little oh, of a, a oh fun avenue for you? Oh <laughs> I hate to be on your beer league team. It was, it was great. I feel like you'd be all over me. I, I literally would bring a dry erase board in and I would go over and listen, we're going to chip and chase tonight. And people would just laugh and they loved it. Uh, yeah, would, if you're going to uh, compete. 
Um, Might as well like, do it go. well. Come on, yeah. we gotta we gotta work hard here. You know, uh, it was it was uh, it was good. Yeah, so uh, I enjoyed it, and um, you know, I just think it's um, you know, hockey is such a just such a wonderful game. It really is, and when people see it, um, you know, here in, I live in Vegas now. Here in Vegas now, they've really f- taken it over. They're really trying to build, you know, a youth hockey community. Uh, it's getting bigger. And it's great to see the people that have, uh, you know, never grew up around it. All of a sudden, you know, they're taking their taking their kids to it. And now they have these, uh, you know, these adult learn to play leagues, which I think yeah. are genius. Um, and it's just such a such a wonderful game. And, you know, it's a game you play at the highest level and, you know, we share a passion for it. So there you have it. Yeah, I think two areas you've spent time in Las Vegas is growing. And then, you know, I remember I was at the age where Pittsburgh hockey was getting really big. I played up a year. I'm a 1994 born. I played up a year against the Pittsburgh Hornets where they had like Vince Trocek, uh, John mm-hmm. Gibson, Barrett Kaib. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was on that team? I think Rocco Grimaldi was on that team. And then we yeah. had 10 skaters, I remember. They used to carry a light team. JT Miller, I think, was on that mm-hmm. club. Yeah. And then down at the 94 level, we had players like uh, Riley Barber. And, and I'm trying to think of who else running a little thin. So, so from Pittsburgh, you know, all the way to, uh, there was a story I was reading up on some other podcasts you've done. Uh, help me understand your first day in formation. You're at Fort Benning in Georgia and senior instructor comes out and he has some choice words for the group coming in Mm -hmm. um, and uh, take over the story from there. Sure. You know, I, I, you know, I, I joined I wasn't, I didn't think I was, I didn't think I was mentally ready for college. I didn't want my parents to pay for my college. So, you know, that was my route to the military. Um, my route to the military was I was going to go to, uh, was going to go there so I could get my college paid for. And, uh, my goal was to, uh, you know, spend four years in the army, go to college, um, teach high school history and coach hockey and baseball. That was, that was what I thought I was going to do. So, you know, high school history teacher, you know, baseball in the baseball in the spring, hockey in the winter. That's how I was going to do. Um, and then military just worked out for me. But that first day, you know, you show up to Fort Benning, Georgia as an 18 year old kid. You know, we didn't have the Internet back then. You weren't sure what you were doing. And, uh, you know, I could have been in Mars. You know, I've never really been out of my, you know, how girl, you know, you, you know, you grow up, you, you, you travel, you drive around, but you never really been out of your town. You know, you know, everybody. And, and there you go. And it, um, you know, uh, I went through infantry school, airborne school, and then I ended up in this Ranger indoctrination program. RIP was called back then. It's now called uh, Ranger assessment selection process. But, um, you know, the senior instructor showed up and he looked at all of us, probably 130 guys standing there. And I looked around, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just not even in the right formation here. And I mean, bigger, stronger, faster, meaner, tougher. I'm like, you know, here, I'm this, I'm this skinny kid from, from Pittsburgh. And the senior instructor looked at everybody and said, I don't care if any of you make it. And I believed him. And there it kind of went. And I just said, well, I'm just not going to get cut today. You know, that's it. You know, I'm not going to get cut today. Let me make it. Let me make, let me survive it a day. And I say it a lot of times, Connor, you know, when people are having a tough go, tough get, tough day, sometimes you can't even worry about making it to the day. You have to just make it to lunch. You know, you have to make it to dinner. I'm sure you've been in situations you're like, I just got to make it through this practice. Um, and that's, you know, that's where we have to, you know, continue to train our mind and train our bodies to do that. You know, we're, we're, we do a pretty good job of training our bodies, but, you know, we have this big muscle in our brain and we don't do a very good job of training that. And we forget about it sometimes. And we have to do the same thing. We have to continue this belief system in each other. Um, 
you know, um, it's funny. I just, you know, my son and I were talking, you know, and he's a young coach. He's, you know, working his way through the ranks. And, you know, he, um, he said, you know, there's a, there's another coach that, um, is in a sister program. And he's like, man, this guy's so negative. Like, he's like, these kids aren't even listening to him now. And, and maybe back in the day, you could get away with a little bit of that. But now you have to really try to find a way to get people's talent out of them. You know, you have to be creative. Um, you have to, you know, these players have to be curious. They have to be creative. And that's what you, that's what you want because you get people to their highest level. So it's kind of all over the place there to answer your question, but. Well, there are, there are two components. You know, I've talked to a, a couple different military personnel on, on this podcast. And I think athletes are always very interested in military personnel uh, and, and their way and their culture. Cause there's such a, a texture. There, there's such a, a passion and, and it's very demanding work that you do. Right. So mm-hmm. our sport very much feels like play, right? <laughs> Who, if you were to throw all the sticks in the middle and say, okay, this side, uh, you get to go to the military today and this side, you get to go to play three on three hockey. I think most hockey players would pick their stick back up mm-hmm. and be interested in, in the hockey. But like, how do you maintain systems? And, and it was really key where you said there, it's easy to practice it sometimes, but to, to forget there's two things in the military that I, that I, I really try to steal and, and maintain a good relationship with, and that's high standards, mm-hmm. um, high standards and, uh, short-term goals, right? Cause I'm someone I like to, to think big a lot of times and all of a sudden, you know, maybe I've got 82 game, you know, goals, mm-hmm. but it's game seven and I'm not doing so well. And all of a sudden I feel like I'm behind this massive hill or this massive ball of negative momentum, right? So how do in the military, do you do those th- two things, maintain high sense of standards, and, uh, you know, maintain short-term goals. You know, um, the, the standards, <clears throat> the military is excellent at that. The military is excellent at standards. And the great thing about the military is, um, <clears throat> you know, I can just speak from being in the Rangers, working at West Point, being a drill instructor, being an OCS instructor. Like if somebody didn't meet a standard, we never lowered it. We just increased it. You know, for example, you know, if you inspect a, you have a barracks inspection and, you know, there's two, two young soldiers in a room and they fell the barracks inspection. Well, you don't say, well, you guys did pretty good. You say, you know what? I'm going to come back in an hour and now I'm going to inspect your barracks and put your full dress uniform on. <laughs> right. And then you just keep yeah. increasing the standards. So people are like, yeah, I just should have cleaned my room the first time. And you just keep increasing the standards or, yeah, that wasn't enough. You know, go run five miles. Um, and that was the other thing I never, and I'll interject that I, I, I never really allowed soldiers to complain because if you start that now that complaining, uh, road, it just, it, it erodes good discipline. And so standards are the keys to, to success. You know, a lot of times in special operations, you know, the standards are extremely high because, you know, mm-hmm. the, because the. You know, the, the risk is so, the risk is so high. You can take a small unit and do a big task, but that small unit really has to work, you know, work together. Um, and so you got to continue to, you know, find ways to do that and challenge each other. That's the other thing you do it. You're, you're in a, you're in a sport every single day in practice, you're challenging each other and then you're challenging each other in the game. Um, and I think that's why there's so many similarities between the military and sports. Obviously, the the risks are obviously different. You can't compare, you know, 
losing somebody to wins and losses, but you still, you're, you're in a high, you're in a high risk sport. You know, you can get hurt, you can get injured, you know, it's a, it's a read, read and react game. And I think those are some of the similarities that are together with the military. And I think a lot of people that play in the top level of sports could be in the top level of the military. I say that quite a bit. Um, you know, Sidney Crosby and I used to joke all the time. I said, if you weren't playing hockey, you would have been a, you would have been a green beret or something like that. So th- th- those are, those are the things that challenge us to continue to, to continue to go better. And the other part is, is that you want to continue to improve yourself. Um, and, and you find in the military, um, just like sports, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a job that eventually you time yourself out. You just get, you know, you get a little too old to do it. I mean, I spent, I spent 26 years in the military, retired in 2010. And I probably had, I probably could have went to 30 years. I probably thought I had about four good years left, but I'm like, you know what? This is a good time for me to now try my career change. Which is another difficult thing. Look at athletes. You know, when your career's finished, now you have to, you have to change, you know, you have to step out something you've been doing your entire life. I was in the military from 18 years old. I didn't know anything else, Connor. Didn't know anything else. And now you have to get out of that and you have to try a new career. And guess what? It's, it's scary. Right. And you're like, okay, well, I gotta, <laughs> I have to make, make my living and make my life somewhere else. And so I think those two similarities between um, uh, the military and sports is why, I, like, I have such a good connection with athletes, and I think why you have such a good connection with soldiers. What would be an example um, of what leadership would look like in a locker room or during the, you know, there is a long 82-game season, right? So as you're thinking, like, there was mm-hmm. a, you remember great coaches you've, I've had or, or you've had mentors and and where they forever change the way you approach something, right? With a, with a very brief reminder of, of how something should be done or could be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a coach I had, he's with the New York Islanders now, and Barry Trotz, and he, I didn't play very much for him. I was just kind of around and a couple call-ups. And, but he used to challenge his team and say, like, are we, are we just playing or are we bringing guys into the fight tonight? Mm-hmm. Are, are, are we just trying to play well or are we trying to win the game? And you, you mentioned it there where you're trying to challenge each other and it forever changed the way that I look around the locker room. I no longer just focused on myself. I no mm-hmm. longer just focused on my game and just like making sure I could, you know, check the box so I could win the phone call to my dad after the game. Hey son, how'd you play? Oh, I played good, but we lost. Right. You know, it is like parents mm-hmm. are they're like, Hey, I wish you won, but I'm glad you played well. Right. right. But in pro sport, you know, it's a winning business. You mm-hmm. got to win. And the teams that win, the players that win get, you know, more and more contracts, more and more opportunities. So, you know, what does challenging a teammate look like to you in, you know, the armed forces? How have you seen it done well uh, in the pro sports setting? Mm-hmm. Well, challenge is the most important, you know, your body needs challenge. Um, you know, you can see a lot of ex- former military, former athletes after the careers are done. You, sometimes they're a shadow of themselves. Maybe they gain weight or, I mean, because what are they not doing? They're not challenging themselves regularly. Like I, I really try to challenge myself consistently. Um, and I don't do it great all the time, but I try to have benchmarks where, you know, maybe twice a year, I'm going to, you know, try something new 
or I'm going to do a Tough mutter, or I'm going to just, I'm just, okay, maybe I'm not going to set a new world record, but I'm going to try to do something to continue to challenge myself. So I have something to, to, to look forward to and gain, you know, in the military, it's always like, you know, you want to, you want to shoot better. You want to move better. You want to communicate better. You want to get a little wiser. Uh, and I think that's, that's, very, very important to do. You know, in my early career of the Rangers, it's run and gun, run, gun, break glass, everything else. And then all of a sudden you get a little bit wiser about things. You're like, okay, let me get a little better at this, better at that. Um, I was never afraid to learn. And I think that's where uh, coaches, um, athletes, military people always have to look at other people to learn. Um <clears throat> So I was in special operations my first six years. And then I went to be a drill instructor, which is called the regular army. Okay. And then I went back to special operations. So there I was combat veteran, you know, patches on both shoulders, all the badges, combat jump. You know, I, I was, you know, I was the golden boy made rank quickly. And <clears throat> here I was in this, um, you know, as a drill instructor, and men that have never been in special operations. And after about the first month, I was like, I better get my act together because these guys are the most professional, squared away, non-commissioned officers I've ever seen in my life. My partner, Joe Dixon, came from the Army Marksmanship Unit. Let me tell you, that's all he did was shoot. I mean, and I thought I was all this, you know, super badass marksman, everything else. Connor, I wasn't anything to him. So you know what I said? I'm like, teach me. <laughs> let me let me learn. You know, sometimes you got to put your ego aside. You got to check it at the door and you got to learn a little bit. And so I think that's so important to continue to challenge yourself. Say, hey, how can we do this a little bit better? Open it up. Open it up to people. Get their thoughts. And then, um, uh, and then, and the other thing is, is, you know, don't be afraid to push people hard. Okay. You know, don't be afraid to push people hard. You know, coaches should push players hard, but they have to push them hard in the right way. Like Barry Trotch, I like that, you know, I had a, a chance to uh, talk to him one year at the NHL draft. What a, what a, just a wonderful wealth of knowledge when you're talking yeah. to him. And, and there he was, he was challenging you, pushing you, trying to make you better. What are we trying to do here? Um, and the other thing is, is, I think the leader of the organization just kind of sets the tone, but you know, the best locker rooms you've been in, people, they, you know, they find that team chemistry to work together, whether it's a military platoon team room or it's a hockey locker room, that team chemistry is so important. And I think sometimes that gets away from us and we have to really, um, we have to really look at it throughout the organization and challenge each other. Um, I remember Willie Mitchell, uh, his first year in Florida with us, and we didn't make the playoffs. And everybody was like packing everything up at the end. Ah, yeah, I'm going golfing. What are you doing? Ah, I'm going there. I'll go there. And he was sitting on his stall, and he was like steaming. And uh, we, I, I used to call it coffee with the captain. I'd get two cups of coffee, and I'd sit with him right next to him. And he'd have a cup of coffee, and I'd have a cup of coffee. And he was steaming. He's like, I'm not used to this. I came from L.A. We won. I want two cups. I'm used to being in the playoffs. He's like, these guys, they need to get used to being in the playoffs, right? They need, they, 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 they need to feel it. Not like, 
And and then he had a he had a talk with them the next season, and th- then we made the playoffs. So I think it was so important to get people used to that, used to winning, used to competing, used to battle. So yeah, I really liked it because it touches again on the on the high standards piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it takes something that leverages a lot of times when we're licking our wounds, right? Your 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 friend comes to you from the army marksman. Uh, you know, division and he just, you know, outshoots you, right? It's a very humil, maybe not uh, humility, but humbling. Oh, he, hum- right? he, he, oh, he, I remember, I remember the day we went out and shot and he humbled me so bad. I was just like, wow, I suck. Like, I was like, I suck. And he's like, you're actually not that bad is what he told me. He's like, and, 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 and for, you know, the regular army standards, I was really good, but he was at another level. And I was like, okay, buddy. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> so, and that's that's what I love about really high end leaders is they're able to you know kind of in the lows, in the defeats, in the locker room pack up at the end of the year, they can look around the room, you know, kind of snicker through their teeth and go, "There's there's growth to be had. There's something to do about mm-hmm. this. This is unacceptable, right? And th- there's a f- a feeling and understanding of." the hot, intense, negative emotions. Um, but then there's a leveraging. There's a, a next step. There's an action plan. There's a surgical mind that, that comes in. How can we practice that? How can we cultivate this ability to get over, you know, because something I hear a lot in, in leadership council, right? He's like, you got to believe in yourself, right? You got to believe in yourself. Sure. Easy to do when things are going well. Right. How do you repair Bruce's belief? How do you when you're in the weeds, you know, coaches smacking you around, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're struggling for a contract. How do you look in and, and create a process to build yourself back up, right? In the military, they'll do it for you. They'll, they'll build you, they'll, they'll break you down, right? You'll, mm-hmm. you'll be there on formation day and they'll smack you around through, you know, boot camp till, or mm-hmm. they'll break you, right? Mm-hmm. Next toy, you. you don't work, mm-hmm. right? Um, but a lot of times in hockey, they don't necessarily... They'll just find someone else to go play. Mm-hmm. They'll just sign the send the deal to someone else. So how can you mm-hmm. have systems in place? How can you improve this bruised belief as mm-hmm. as I'm coining it? Uh, that's that's a great question. So there's a couple areas here. First, like you know, it's funny because people are like sometimes like we want to compare the sport team to the military. Now we have to understand there's a lot of things in the military that I can teach somebody to do. I could teach somebody to shoot. I could teach somebody to navigate. I could teach somebody to maneuver. You know, those are all teachable tasks. Um, you know, you know, you were signed to a team. Why? Because you're talented and can help that team win. All right. So now it becomes the leader's responsibility to try to pull that best, that best out of you. You know, um, I, uh, I never liked it when, when I, when I worked in, and I changed it. I worked in officer candidate school and, and, you know, new, new officer candidates come, come in and right away they're like on them and they're trying to make them quit the first day. And, you know, I remember one of the instructors was like, yeah, I made three people quit today. And I'm like, why are you happy with that? And I said, people smarter than us have chosen those young people to come to officer candidate school, like people smarter than us. Like, okay. I was like, I can make you quit. <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, you couldn't make me quit. I go, oh, I can make you quit. I go, all I need is time. All I need is time. I can make you quit. And I was like, so 
why are we doing that? You know, these are supposed to be, you know, the next leaders of our country. So why are we doing that? I was like, should we be hard? Absolutely. But we need to bring, bring their talent out. So that's one thing leaders need to do because in the military, again, you know, if I have, if I have 150 beds for special operations training, I'm going to have 300 men come in and try out and I'm going to give them the hell week until there's only 150. Now, I'll ask you this, Connor. Did I kind of cut some of the most talented players? I could have. I could have cut. Possibly. But I'm looking for something different, right? I'm looking for something different. And that's why some selections, even to the top tier one special operations units, they look for other things. They try to take people a little bit older. They look for other things. For you individually, I look at as, and, and, and p- people listen to this podcast to build yourself up, you know, you have to look at it as like a posting note, right? So if I wake up this morning and, you know, I, I eat healthy, I write that down on my posting note. And if I do 50 push-ups, I write that down on my posting note. Now, three, four, five, ten 10 posting notes together, you can tear up. But as you start building that up and that posting note becomes, you know, a four-inch stack, you can't tear that. So it's all one small thing after. And that's what we have to remember. We, we, you know, we, we look at the big thing, the process, that, that sports center moment, but we forget it's all that small little, like when, when you were 15 years old, like how, you probably shot, you know, 80,000 pucks in a summer. It's all that number. It's all that number that builds on it, builds on it, builds on it, builds on it. And I think, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we forget that. Um, you know, I had a great career and people were like, wow, you had a great career. Awesome. You know, I want to be you. And I'm like, oh, don't be me. Be better than me. And oh, by the way, it took me 26 years to get here. <laughs> so it's, it's all part of that. It's all part of that timing. So you need to be patient with yourself as you're continuing to build and you need to continue to push yourself. And, and I think what you're doing is you're allowing people to find mentors to help themselves. And a mentor doesn't necessarily have to be older than you. So that's the other thing, you know, you can, you can look to people young, younger than you for mentorship. Um, you know, it's so funny if, uh, you, you know, I have a computer issue or something. I call my daughter. I'm like, Hey, I need help with this. I'm getting ready to log in with Connor. I don't know how this squad cast thing works. All right, download Chrome. Okay, I got it. I'm good to go. <laughs> you know, so we can continue to develop ourselves that way. And then, and then find what drives you. You know, ask yourself this question. Like, what, what was, why, what was your drive to make it to the professional ranks? You know, that, that's the question everybody has to answer, answer for themselves. They don't even have to tell it, but they have to answer for themselves why they wanted to do it. Um, you know, I got a little bit lucky, got in the military. I was in special operations young. I had a great mentor and leader. I look around and I'm like, man, if I'd have had that guy, I wouldn't have made it. Or if I'd have had that guy, I wouldn't have made it. But I had this guy who's tough as they come. But he knew I was a little bit of clay. So he had to do a little bit more molding. So, and it worked out for me. And so I always try to, always try to give that back. I always try to look over at people, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, give it back. But listen, I was hard as they come, as tough as they come on folks. But 
I think I, I try to be, um, you know, I try to be the positive tough. If that makes sense. Well, there's been certain, you know, experiences over my career where coaches, uh, or my dad or, or questions I'll ask myself. And it's that keyword to me is, is questions, um, that really ignite the energy it is to, to be great, to be resilient. Right. So John Hines with New Jersey is with the national sure. predators now, you know, highly motivational character, extremely creative verbally, right? Like I'm sure you've had these, these yeah. mentors in the military, just he could, if, if he wanted to compliment you, he could do it creatively. If he wanted to put you down, he could do it creatively. Mm-hmm. And he had this awesome question. He'd look guys like dead in the eye and just say, you know, can I, can I coach you hard? Is that something you can do? Are you, are you willing to be coached hard? And immediately that sort of open-ended challenge always to me was like, yeah, I want to be coached hard. I don't mm-hmm. want to be left alone. And, uh, you know, don't yell at Carrick. He's, he's a little fragile at the end of the bench. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll fold on us if we, if we try to push him, if we try to get a little bit more. And uh, I, I think that that ability to sit with the struggle and sit with the negative and not, mm-hmm. not let it overcome you. Understand mm-hmm. that like, just because you're, you are struggling, you don't have to struggle because you're struggling. Mm-hmm. It, it's so natural. And, and, you know, I, I, there was a player I spoke with last year uh, in New Jersey's organization. I was in the American league at the time. And he asked me, he's like, Connor, how do I, how do I stay positive during the season? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm feeling down. I'm feeling negative. Like, how do I stay positive the whole season? I go, you want to stay positive the entire season? Every second of the whole season? Can't do it, right. I'm like, that's, man, when's the last year you've had like that? Right? And that's where some of that uh, youthful exuberance starts to mature into veteran savviness. And all of a sudden, you're 0 for 3 on the power play, and you're like, that's okay. I've been 0 for 3 on the power play and gone 2 for 5 before. Two goals. Right? And that's where, that's where the words poise show up. That's mm-hmm. where the words resilient show up as an athlete. And I think it's, um, you know, you, you mentioned the post-it note analogy, mm-hmm. right? And this is where we could talk a little bit about it because a, a lot of the reason we're connecting on this podcast is my dedication, appreciation for mental fitness, mm-hmm. right? And, and what that looks like. And I think physical fitness is easy to identify. How much physical stress can you tolerate? How many reps can you do and then do another one? Can you recover and, and continue to keep going? Mentally, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Am I on the right track where mentally, what is your robustness? What is your athleticism to be able to handle a whole host of different stresses, right? So when you think of uh, mental wellness and fitness, like what are your, some of your favorite tools to lean on? Because that's, that's something I struggle with when I talk to younger athletes, when they say, you know, what's the one thing you can do, right? There's, there's journaling, there's breath work, there's meditation, there's visualization, uh, there's just the training itself and, and making sure there's a, there's a mental component of going through the hurdle. Um, but it's also easy to get swept away in all these different tasks and not actually focus on what's going to give you the biggest ROI. So, uh, what is your mental fitness routine is when you're working with a new client, particularly young athletes, um, you know, how do you introduce them to mental fitness? That's great. I, I love what you said uh, before I answer that. I love what you, you told this player. You're like, how are you going to stay motivated? How are you going to stay positive the entire season? Because you're exactly right. You can't do it. And you know, you, and the thing is, is Connor, you know, you have to ride that wave. And as you get a little bit older, as you get a little bit older, 
you know, you learn to ride that wave and don't let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. But when you're a young player, you're young in the military, you know, you're, you're, you're like, I got to get there. I got to get to this next level. Got to try this next thing. And you keep, and you forget that, that everything's that surfer. I got to surf a little bit, but you learn that through experience. And that's the only, and that's what I'll tell all young people on this podcast. There is no shortcut for experience. Climb that ladder as fast as you want, please. Can't skip a rung. And there's no shortcut for experience. You know, my, uh, mental regimen starts daily with, you know, uh, I'm a Christian and I start with prayer. So for me, that's what I have to do. Um, I start, I start with some prayer. I do journal. I think breath work is amazing. I'm not that great at it. I'm trying to get better. Um, any type of meditation and just bringing yourself, taking time for yourself to, to, to de-stress. The best thing you can do in anything you're doing, whether you're, you know, taking a chemistry test or you're, you know, you, you know, you have to do, you know, uh, 10 reps of deadlift or, um, you, you know, you're getting ready to brief a big client is you, you, you have to stay in that present moment. The problem is, is that, you know, we're this big multitasker society, multitask, 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 and then we don't do anything well. So sometimes you just have to focus on that shift that you're playing right now. You have to focus on that shift. This is the shift that I'm playing. This is what I'm going to try to do. The other thing is, is I want athletes to always remember is the opponent, like in the military, the enemy, they have a vote in what happens to you. So you have to, there's give and take in all of that. So every shift's not going to be perfect because they're not doing their job then. You know, they're not, not every military mission goes perfect. People get injured. Things don't go perfectly well, but you adapt to it, right? Because of your training, because they have a vote in what happens to you. So that's what you kind of have to remember. You have to be like, oh, that was pretty good. I see what they, I see what they're trying to do there. I'm trying to do the, you know, 60 foot stretch pass and they're, they're picking it off. Okay. Cause, cause they've done some of their homework. So part of that is understanding that. Um, and the other thing I try to tell people to do twice daily is, uh, they, they should do SEALs, S-I-L-L-S. It's S-L-L-S, but it's called SEALs. Stop, look, listen, smell. So, you know, it, it, I'm doing something, I'm banging out, a, you know, a report or a project and I'm getting ready to do a presentation. It's getting a little crazy. You know, I just, whether it's a cup of coffee or a cup of green juice or something, and I just, I just walk outside and I take two to three minutes and I stop. I look, I listen, you know, maybe there's birds or construction or whatever's happening. doesn't matter. I smell my coffee or, you know, whatever you're drinking and just trying to put yourself together. So you take two or three minutes to put yourself together um, before that next project. So you really, really have to have to do that. And you really have to say to yourself, okay, my mind needs some time. My mind needs a quick break. No different. You're in the gym and you're doing pull-ups, right? One of the hardest exercises, and you do, you knock out like twenty. You're like, man, I got to do ten more. You can't do ten more right there. It's physically impossible. You know, you could probably do it, but I can't do thirty in a row. You know, and so I have to, I have to, you know, jump off the bar, <laughs> stretch out a little bit. All right, let me knock out. Okay, I got eight more. Drop it. Okay, it's the same thing for your brain. 
And same thing when you're going through things. So that's why I think it's so important for athletes. So you can, when you come back to that bench, you know, a sip of water, you know, maybe a quick talk about, hey, what happened there? All right, we're back on it. You know, right? light switches, light switch isn't off, but now it's to neutral and now it's ready to go back on. Um, you, you know, I say even in my book, Warrior Leadership, you know, you know, get mad, get over it and get on with it. That's difficult to do. And you have to train your, you have to train yourself for that. Like I know some players and, you know, professional athletes, they're great at it. They're like, yeah, it's over done. I'm like, wow, that was like, that was, that's pretty good. If you can, you can do that. And then some players can't, you know, so I see play, you know, I mean, guy's going to be a hall of famer, Roberto Luongo. Like I, I remember him sitting in a locker room, still with his gear on and an hour after, you know, an hour after a game and he's, he's, he's pissed because, you know, he let in a late goal that he should have had. Right. Because we do want to do the best for our team. We do want to do the best for our group. We don't want to let people down, but what you have to first do is you have to, you have to put yourself together. Um, because if, if you don't do that, then you have nothing to give, right? You have nothing, you have nothing to give others. So we're always best and we're giving others. But we have to we have to put ourselves together. And and and, you know, Connor, because you do it, it comes through a regimented routine. You know, you wake up at the same time, you go to sleep at the same time. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, do this. That's why the military works. That's why we take people from all walks of life, from every state. We put them together and in two weeks they look like, you know, I, I love it. When I was a drill instructor, parents would come to graduation after 13 weeks, they're like, that's my kid. That's not my kid. Holy cow. Like <laughs> they're like, that's cool. But I think that's part of it. And so that's how I do. I try to stay on a regimented routine. I try to continue to challenge myself. You know, you need to put some mindfulness or some faith in your day. Uh, and you need to continue to hunt the good stuff in your life. There's a lot of great things going on in your life. Hunt that, hunt that good stuff in your life. Don't forget that, you know, you're healthy. You have a family. You know, you're, you, you woke, you woke up today and, you know, you have all your faculties about you. And so I think we have to continue to challenge ourselves. But what does that come with? You said it, Connor. That comes with experience. You know, you're not the same player that you were when you were 19. You know, you're smarter. You really are. You're, 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 you're maybe not hockey smarter, but you're life smarter. Right. So I'm definitely hockey smarter. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. The, the tips of the, of the game that I didn't know that I know now that other players did know when I first came in the league, like I was so heavily outmatched. And, uh, you know, I think I really like the Sills comment, uh, in practice because to use the analogy again, between to bridge physical training with, you know, mental training, the way I've, I've tried to understand it of late is physical training. Like you're, you're walking yourself somewhere. You're saying you're putting your arm around Connor. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, Hey Connor, we're going to do this thing, mm -hmm. this workout today, this, this training exercise. that's really difficult. And we're going to go somewhere. We're going to, we're going to go to a place, an extension of yourself that might not feel comfortable. Um, but now that we've gone there, We've, we've, we've started to walk along this trail, right? If you walk over kind of the same grass every day, you'll, you'll create a trail, right? Mm -hmm. That's how these trails are created. And ideally, you, you want to make this, this physical distance you can go to further and, and higher and, and more robust and all that. And mentally, it's the same thing. 
right? In the same way that our breath kind of grooves the inside of our ribs, our breath literally creates our physical posture. When we, when we do sills, when we do, uh, you know, breath holds or, or, you know, uh, breath work in the morning, when we do these meditative practices, we create these, these mental pockets, these oases in our mind that are available to us at a later time when, when we are swept up, right? When we are, when, when the lights are on, there are 20,000 people. Uh, I did make the mistake, right? And the more often you go there, just like anywhere, when you drive to work, you don't even, you don't even turn your GPS on, right? It's automatic. Mm-hmm. You do that. Uh, and mentally, you know, I get this question a lot from younger athletes, like, how do I feel more confident? D- do you practice feeling confident, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you actually practice in your mind what it would feel like to score the big goal? Uh, how do I feel, you know, more poised? Have you practiced passing to the other team, watching it go in your own net, and then coming back to the bench, having the coach yell at you? <sighs> Sills. Right? Have, have you taken the inhale, exhale, the squirt of water and gone, bang, that's over? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're able to improve your competence um, and understand this is like a, this is not a destination organized practice. This is, mm-hmm. this is very journey oriented. Um, there is no real arrival point. Your confidence will constantly have to be earned. Your competence will have to constantly uh, be challenged. And I think that, you know, even when you, there's no substitute for experience. When you speak to someone who's been on these paths, right? So a younger player comes to me and goes, man, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to feel really bad for that player, right? I used to mm-hmm. kind of empathize with them and, and be like, man, I've, I was there. I know how hard it was. And now that I'm a little older, I almost smile. I'm like, I know. I know you're going through something tough, mm-hmm. man. Trust me. You need to. Because if it was going to happen today, it was going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's where this relationship to struggle, this, this, you can avoid the panic. You can be going through something brutally negative. And I'm sure you've experienced this in combat. Sure. Right. Um, actually, that's, that's the next question I do want to pivot to. If there was something you've learned, and I understand, you know, I honestly haven't talked to combat with many uh, veterans. I just, I just don't necessarily go there unless they want to. But if there was something that you learned from combat that you could give to someone in a magic pill, what would it be? Yeah, great question. Um, I think the, um, you know, the part that combat is obviously the first time you're in combat is, you know, you trained, I, you know, I trained for, you know, six years of my life. And then I went to combat the first time and, and it was like, wow, what's happening here? And then all of a sudden you kind of, you, you, you know, you kind of understand it. And then you're like, okay, I, now I get it. I have to make myself a, continue to make myself a little better. The, 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 the part with combat is, you know, combat is <laughs> boring until it's not. That's really what it is. It's, it, it, it literally is like that. It's boring and then it's not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it's all of the, when it's not is not that's not the tough part because your training kicks in, but it's all the part before that when you start to overthink everything else about it and prepare and back on the plan and this and that and it starts to overwhelm you and like oh my gosh what about this and so then I learned not to overthink a good plan. You have a good plan. You prepared for your plan. Now execute your plan. 
And I think that's sometimes what we do. We overthink a good plan. We have a good plan. We're going to stick with it. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, we'll make changes as we need to, but that's what we're going to do. And I think that's where uh, coaches make mistakes. Athletes make mistakes. Military makes, make, make mistakes. You know, there are obviously situations that you have to go to. Um, the one thing that I did do in this last time in 2008, the last time I went to combat, um, I, um, I, 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 people, somebody asked me, like, are you worried about, you know, getting shot at or getting killed? I'm like, no, I'm going to expect to get shot at. So I never even, I never even was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I hope I don't get shot at today. I wonder if we're going to get shot at today. I wonder if I'm just like, we're going to get shot at today. So that was my, that was my focus is like, yeah, I'm going to expect that. I'm going to expect that the enemy is going to try to bring their worst. That being said, I'm ready for it. Okay. I have, I have my resolve. My resolve is I'm going to come to a definite decision about something. I'm going to put my strength to it. So you know what? You're going to bring your best today. Guess what? I'm up in the ante. I'm bringing it to you. So it's on. I'm ready for you. I'm focused and ready for you on that. And I think that's important. And that was kind of my, my focus and everybody picked it up with me. So they understood that. And they felt, they felt very confident with me because that was my focus. Oh, they're going to bring it today. Okay. Go, it's on. Go ahead. You know, crack around past my head. See what happens. <laughs> right. You know, you're, you're I, I think I read that in yeah. uh, Ryan, Ryan holiday. It's a very stoic mm -hmm. practice, which is incredible, right? Like mm -hmm. the, these are, you know, these practices are thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I first heard it, it really helped me with my resiliency practice was mm -hmm. really feel the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. really practice it, really uh, go over it in your mind. And then there's going to be a level of comfort that comes mm -hmm. on the other side of that, of the practice. Right. And it's not, and it's not a, it's not to be like cocky or arrogant. It's not that way at all. It's just like, I, I you know, you know, I expect you to bring your best. I expect it because if the roles were reversed, I'd do the same for you because I'm going to bring my best to you. So, you know, you, you, you know, you got a chance here. You got it. You got it. I'm going to make you vote. <laughs> my friend, uh, Eddie, um, he, you know, he's a Delta force sergeant major. <laughs> He'd say all the time, yeah, I'm going to make you vote. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, you're going to have a, you're going to have a vote in what happens to you today. So by fighting. So that's part of it. And I think that's it. And the other thing is, is that it's not that, you know, you're not nervous, you're not scared because everybody is, but it's that it's like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do this together. The other thing is, is like, like, you know, it's kind of a coy term, but you know, I felt myself as a defender of freedom. You know, I had three children at home, you know, I was like, if this is my task to do to defend freedom today, so they can have a better life. Like my father did. My father was a World War II vet. They were defenders of freedom. You know, I mean, <laughs> so he, he fought in the South Pacific against the Japanese. Like it was part of it. You know, they were defenders of freedom, that generation. If I felt like my small part is, is to be a defender of freedom, then that's what I'm going to do. And I think that, I think that's important too. The other thing is, is you, you said it, you're like, how do you build confidence? You know, you build confidence through repetition. You know, you and I could go out and shoot pucks today. Okay. I suck at it. You're great at it. 
And if you said, JB, let's do, you know, let's, you know, four pucks, four corners. Okay. You would have a lot of confidence that you would hit all four corners and I would be lucky to hit the net. And how did you get that way? You got that way because of practicing that skill over and over and over again. Right. And that's so important to do. So if, if you feel like you're lacking confidence in something, then just practice it a little bit more, you know, put some more, put some more practice into it, try some new techniques. Um, and then I want all athletes to, I tell all athletes, you know, continue to be creative, continue to have that curiosity come out. I mean, that's why you see, you know, some of these players at the, you know, Look at Ovechkin. He's 36 years old, you know, still being creative. Crosby still being creative, right? So you still have to find this way to be creative about yourself to continue that passion, passion for what you do. What I think is incredible too, like I've watched a lot of video on both those players you've mentioned, right? Two of the greatest of all time, like two, mm -hmm. two players that came in the league with monumental uh expectations massive they, they were heralded to be so good so young so fast and, and they have now for so long and if you watch film on you know Ovechkin still got the big curve and the heavy shot and the boisterous hit and Crosby's very you know tactical elite skater unbelievable compete is his, his ability to replicate his effort shift and shift out all straight long, straight straight stick straight stick basically straight stick right <laughs> yeah. but but when you watch their their posture when you watch the way that they do things compared to how when they were younger there are slight differences right there's a certain growth you can see in Ovechkin his body his body's different now he's had to score and do things differently remember when he he came in a league he he would shoot from anywhere and really try to test all these defensemen you know one on one with this this crazy speed and he he you know he he would throw so many big hits right mm -hmm. which is awesome but now he's a little bit more careful. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get hurt. He's always available come playoff time, right? Uh, his stick is shorter now than when it used to. His one-timer is even more. He took this lethal skill in hockey anyway, um, you know, to, to, to score with that one-timer on the backside and, then, and made it even more precise, right? And so, you know, Sid, I remember uh, reading an article. There was a, a big one uh, when he was younger and everyone asked him, you know, Sid, what'd you work on this summer? What was the big, you know, training tool. And, and he's like, Oh, it was face-offs. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I figured I'm good enough with the puck, but if I can start with it more, I don't have to chase it as much. If I'm not chasing as much good chance, I'm not as tired. If you're not as tired, you don't get to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And there, there really is such a, a methodical approach um, to some of the greats of the game that, that is so impressive to watch it and really fire someone like, like me up. You know, it, it really helps me uh, jumpstart and, and find the energy to ignite the talent. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where, I don't know. I think that's something I've always been so impressed with in, in military personnel. And, and, you know, thank you for your service. If I, if I didn't start no, the podcast you, off with it as a, as a defender of freedom, Glad but, to do it. you know, there, there's a certain acknowledging of the routines that need to be in place to kind of service just our, our human needs, our human physical needs, uh, our human mental needs that make room for this expression uh, to become, to train for combat. Right. And this is mm -hmm. something I, I urge a lot of younger athletes to do is like understand the needs of your body, the needs of your mind, have some sense of routine 
something solid to hold on to so you have expression elsewhere mm-hmm. to be creative, right? You, you have sort of the, the foundations in place to take risks. Mm-hmm. You have the foundations in place to succeed at that new thing that you do twice a year, the Tough Mudder or whatever it is now, you know, in, in your consulting that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it really is this like this, this yang yin mm-hmm. approach all the time. I want to mm-hmm. be big when the lights are on, but you know, the reason that puck goes in really is because of the study after practice on Tuesday you did on why your one-timers aren't going in, mm-hmm. right? And it's this constant fluctuation of performing when the lights are on versus doing the daily monotonous work. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of it is while we're doing this, Connor, is enjoy the journey. I, I don't know if I enjoyed it at some point in my military career. You know, I was like, okay, I got to do this. I got to get to this military school. I got to make this rank. And, and there was a part of my military career. I don't know if I enjoyed it, but there was a part in the middle. It was, it was great, but I don't know if I was enjoying this journey I was on. And then towards the end, I did. You know, I enjoyed it again. I think that's so important for a young athlete. You know, um, um, you know, I'm on all these veterans committees and, um, um, you know, every time when there's an unfortunate, you know, in a, in a service member, you know, is, is, is killed in combat and somebody writes something about them, they always write about like the great spirit the person had. Like he would love being, love being a ranger, love being a green beret, love being a, in the Navy, what it loved it, enjoyed it. What did what, what, want to do anything else? And I think, you know, we miss, we miss part of that. We miss part of that, that while we're doing it, you know, we should, we should enjoy it. And yeah, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of luck to getting promoted in the military or yeah. to making it to the highest level. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I saw, I saw all sides of, of, of the NHL being in it, you know? So you see all sides, you sit in the scouting meetings and you're like, wow, like it's, it's, there's all sides. And so, um, I always felt like I was the voice for the athlete though, especially the unknown athlete. I was always the voice of that, that person. So somebody was in the room, you know, pushing back a little bit against the scout. So, which was always good. Um, but I think we need to continue to do that. And we missed that part. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a part of my life now, you know, we've had ups and downs. I'm in a part of my life now where I'm climbing again and I'm enjoying this journey again, and I'm going to continue to do it. You know, I think it's really important. You said that because I, I I feel I've been there. I feel like I'm, I'm, I've been in the tough part of my career. I've I've been in the part where I'm like, you know, the last couple of years, like, that injury did not happen at a convenient time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I'm not, I'm 27. This will be my ninth year pro. There's a, there's a different level of oomph at times than my second or third year. There's a certain sense, there's a certain sense of mission when you're first starting out. And I, mm-hmm. I feel that like that hero's journey, I feel like I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so something I've, I've actually uh, been doing a lot of consideration on, you know, my wife and I, Lexi, we have a child, 10 month old, right? And uh, we, we've, we follow this, uh, this parents and psychologist who does a great job. And one of the terms that she uses is like, you know, I, I operate as a parent that my core belief is, you know, almost all kids, all kids, she'll say, are, are good kids, just sometimes they're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And so something I thought about myself is like, you know, it, it's not that I become, it's not that I lack passion as a person. 
I'm a good leader having a tough time right now. And I think mm-hmm. that those moments are going, they are going to happen. They are a fact of the course of human life, the course of uh, when you're going at something that you love and you run into friction or adversity, like the key is not to treat that struggle or that adversity like a complete stranger. You have to know it's a natural part of that journey. Mm-hmm. And don't ignore it, which I think yeah. a lot of times, like in the military or athletes, hey, cowboy up, toughen, toughen up, you know, don't worry about it. Like it, that, you know, the military is getting better at it, but it's still like, you know, when I was in, in the Rangers, you didn't talk about anything that was bothering you because there was a guy behind you ready to take your, take your job. Yeah. So you're not saying anything, you know, like, yeah, coach, I'm in it. I'm good to go. <laughs> right? I'm sure you've done that. You're like, good to go, yeah. coach. Good to go, coach. No problem. You know, and, and inside you're like, man, I got to hold this together. So I think that's, you know, that's, that that's so important. That's so important to do and to deal with. And, you know, I, I, I struggle with it. And, and part of struggling is, is understanding and having a, a you know, an outlet you could talk to a professional or, you know, a, 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 a buddy and, and find ways, find ways through things. We all, we all deal with that. And again, it's all this, you know, we ride this wave throughout the day, right? Through, even throughout the day, we're going to ride this way, ride the wave throughout the day. So, you know, it's kind of how we, you know, how we deal with that. And we've got to learn to deal with that. We have to practice to deal with that. And, you know, it's not always perfect and that's okay. You know, and, um, like anything, what, what, what are the two things that all military and all athletes and everybody, every, whether you're, you know, you're working in a factory job or an office, what do you control every day? Or we say, Connor, you know, your effort and your attitude, that's what you control. You know, you know so, it's amazing. Like so, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand when I could not stand when some of the best players in the world, I'd, I'd get a chance to hear them talk at a tournament or our coach would have someone in and they, you know, they would say, do you have any advice for the younger players? And they'd stand up there and be like, you know, at the end of the day, you only control your effort and your attitude. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how to, how do you make that backhand pass? Like, right. like how do you literally hold your stick? And then there's, you got to get into the nitty gritty too. But uh, I really appreciate you being yeah. a leader for doing the work, for being a champion of, uh, you know, making incremental steps over and over in different facets of your life, understanding the complexity of life and just how, how overwhelming and daunting it can feel yet, mm-hmm. you know, the simple availability to take really small steps towards your goals and, and, and being, you know, coherent and balanced again is available to you all the time and in a manner of different forms. And uh, again, I, I, you know, thank you for your service and I wish you all the best with, you know, all your uh, consulting growth now. It's really cool to see. I mean, I, I had Randy Hetrick, the CEO of TRX on the podcast for the same sure. reason. I'm like, you know, here this guy was, you know, a Navy SEAL, you know, and then went to, you know, Stanford Business School to go and launch. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. How, how difficult must that have been to be a beginner again after reaching mm-hmm. such a pinnacle yeah. of a percentage of performance? Right. Um, yeah, I was, a, you know, I, yeah, I was a sergeant major in the Army. Like, I told people what to do. Like, move out, go run, you know, let's go, hustle up. You know, but part of it is, is <clears throat> learning who you are and, and, and finding what you know. And I, you know, I tell business people all the time, you know, if they see a veteran and they recognize, you know, something in that veteran, tell them, t- 
tell them they're good at it. You know, for me, it was Glenn Sather and Tom Rennie. They recognized something in me. Glenn, Glenn Sather, you know, legend, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, pretty good at what? He's like, I see how people look at you. He's like, you're pretty good at this. This is what you should think about doing. Leadership, mental fitness, motivation. He's like, people need this in this world. And there you have it. You know, so you recognize somebody, something, somebody tell them, you know, space is big enough for all of us. Space is big enough for all of us, Connor. So Connor, I love what you're doing. You know, first off, your fashion game is awesome. I love your fashion game, your coffee game. You're a great father. You're a great husband. You know, you're raising a young child and and you're, and you're doing it. You're doing it the right way. You know, God's going to be good to you. And, and, uh, you know, I know that you're, you're continuing to grind out grind it away and you're going to do it. And when, when this career is over and for your next career, you, you, you have that too. And so enjoy this journey that you're on, keep it going. Um, I love the stuff that you post. I, you know, I look at it and it inspires me. So you're helping people you. all around. So keep it going. So thank, thank you. you, JB. I really appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your day. Um, that's all I got, man. All, all right. Got any thank you. Comments? Oh, I do want to ask, uh, where sure. can people find you uh, yeah. for further consultation? I know you're on Instagram. Yeah, they can How find can me on Instagram at, at, at JB Spiso or on my website at jbsleaders.com. I have a book out, um, uh, Warrior Leadership, Steps to Success for Leaders on the Ground. Uh, that book's out. You can find that on Amazon. Uh, also, my action log. And you know what? I just want to tell people, just just keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. So uh, I'll leave a little quote from Heraclitus here, a Greek philosopher. He said, um, out of every 100 warriors, 90 shouldn't even be there. Um, uh, nine are real fighters. And we're lucky to have them for they make the battle. Ah, but the one, the one is the true warrior and he'll bring the others back. So, you know what? Keep working to try to be the one. That's special. Thank okay. you, JB. That's fire. Thank really you. appreciate Thank it. You. All right. I appreciate have that. Have a great Thanks, rest of your day. Same to you, buddy. All the best. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye-bye.